today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And uh, we want to pick it up with verse 9 again tonight. We'll quote this enough after a while, you'll memorize it. Like I said, salvation is real, real simple. Romans 10 verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And to show you just how easy it is, if you'll look down in verse 13, the Apostle Paul said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm reminded of that thief that was hanging right beside Jesus on the cross. He uttered eight words. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus looked at that man and he said, Today you will be with me in paradise. So it doesn't take a whole lot for a person to get saved. It's just just faith. In Jesus Christ and what he did for us at the cross. As it says here, uh, point number one, in order for one to be saved, they have to recognize the fact that they are a sinner. And that they cannot save themselves. That they need a Savior. And they have to believe that Jesus Christ is that Savior. He alone is the one that died for our sins. His sacrifice alone is what God honored, and God honored him in such a way, raised him from the dead. And then the third thing, they have to confess it with their mouths. Some way, somehow or other, the individual has to let others know that Jesus Christ is the Lord over their life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, Uh, If you want to flip over there and take a look at that or just jot it down, take a look at it later. Matthew chapter 10, uh, move down if you will to verse 32. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Now, although salvation is very simple, 
people still have to know about it. They still have to hear it. That's why Paul said in the 14th verse of Romans chapter 10. Flip back over there if you will and take a look at it. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. He said, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? The preaching of the gospel in the mind of God is the single most important work on the face of this planet. Now, did you hear what I said? I said the preaching of the gospel is the single most important work on the face of this planet. That's the business of the church. Yes, feeding the hungry is important. Getting supplies together for helping those with the hurricane relief efforts, yes, that is important. And there are a number of other things that the church gets involved with that are important. But those things are only temporary. The preaching of the gospel to save souls is eternal. It has eternal benefits to it. That is the Father's business. And the church must be about the Father's business. And God has one way. One way. He calls a preacher, and he anoints that preacher to preach the gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He calls the preacher, and then he calls people to support that preacher so that the gospel can go forth to others. And everybody's important. It's not just the preacher. You are an important part in all of this. Don't think that because you can no longer do certain activities in the church because of your age, disabilities, or whatever the case may be, don't think that what you're doing is insignificant to the work of God. If all you can do is pray for the preacher... Pray for those who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God will honor that. We need people to pray. We need people to support financially and help get the gospel out to others. Right now, our church has a platform that most little country churches don't have. God has given us an opportunity to go into people's homes that people who are shut in, to go into the prisons, to go into hospitals, to go where the average preacher cannot go. We can do it through and by radio. God has also opened the door for us to be on the Internet. 
we're going in different states across this country as well now in other countries. I don't know how those people can understand what I'm saying, but there's some people over there that are speaking English, and they're downloading the messages, and they are getting the gospel. God is using it. We may not see a whole lot going on, but God is using it. And let me tell you this. If we support the gospel and do whatever it is that we can do, God's going to bless it. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I said, God is going to bless it. We've been asking God to send people here now for the past three to four years. Some of you have been praying longer than that. Lord, we need people. Well, God's fixing to open up the door. He's already started doing it. Why? Because we have been faithful to the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something else. That's also the reason why this nation is being blessed to such an extent that it is because our greatest export today despite eight years of stupidity in Washington God has been gracious and merciful and our greatest export is still the gospel of Jesus Christ glory to God the greatest work in the world the best-selling book in America is still the Bible the word of Almighty God. And as long as that light, the gospel light, as long as it keeps going forth, God's going to keep on blessing. That right there, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the only thing that's holding back judgment against this nation. I believe it. I believe it. The cross of Christ stops the judgment on the individual, the sinner that comes to the cross. That stops the judgment that is coming upon that sinner. And because America is still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is what has stopped the judgment for coming to this nation. He's held it off for a little while. We have a short time right now. For one last push to get the gospel out before Jesus comes. I believe that. All right. Now, in our little efforts of the radio and the internet, we're just a little dinghy out here in the ocean. Am I going to save everybody? No. Are we going to save everybody? No. But we do what we can. And Paul told us that. If you'll look at it there in verse 16, Romans 10, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Not everyone that hears the gospel is going to accept it. This is a warning from the Holy Spirit. You know, many have died because of preaching the gospel. Many have died because of their testimony of accepting Christ as their Savior. But in spite of all of that, verses 14 through 18 here in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, it tells us that we must take the gospel to everybody. No exceptions. We have to do it. They must hear it and they must have an opportunity to accept it. He went on to say there in verse 16, Isaiah saith, now this is Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1, Lord who hath believed our report. 
And this is the report that Isaiah gave concerning the Messiah. If you will, flip over there to Isaiah chapter 53. Let's take a look at what Isaiah said. Isaiah chapter 53, beginning with the first verse. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressions, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah uttered these words some 700 years before Jesus was born. Another report that Isaiah gave, a very familiar scripture, Isaiah 7 and verse 14. I know you're going to know this. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah gave that report. And I imagine when he delivered that message, the people laughed at him. The bottom line is this. The people didn't believe what Isaiah said. Matter of fact, tradition says that 
the Jewish king Manasseh gave the orders for Isaiah to be sawn in half with a wooden saw. Isaiah gave his life to preach the gospel. Let me tell you this. Preaching the gospel and supporting the gospel has always been a costly business. Let me say that again. Preaching the gospel has always been a costly business. It's going to cost you something. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about this in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. And he said this, this will be another familiar verse to you. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. That word witnesses there in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. The Greek word there is martus, martus. Our English word martyr comes from that word. In essence, Jesus was telling us that some of us will be called upon to die for the gospel. And history has proven to be the case. How many of you have heard of the book called Fox's Book of Martyrs? If you get an opportunity to get that book, you need to read it sometime. All right, let's get back to verse 17 of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. He said, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, I realize that when the gospel goes out, that there are many out here that are not going to accept it. But still... The Word of God is the only thing that will generate faith in the heart of the sinner. And that's what Paul plainly tells us here. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's not just by hearing anything. It has to be the hearing of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit works within the confines of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit takes what is said from the Word of God. He convicts the sinner of their sin, and He draws that individual to God. And even after we're saved as a Christian, when we hear the Word of God being preached, it increases our faith. And that is something that we definitely need. It's important for us to place ourselves as often as we can in an environment where the gospel is being preached. But let me also turn it around and put it to you this way. If the preacher you're listening to is not preaching the gospel, but instead they're preaching something else, they're preaching false doctrine, that is going to be hurtful to you. That is going to weaken your faith. You cannot subject yourself to false doctrine and think it's not going to affect you. You cannot go to a church where the preacher is preaching poison and think that it's not going to affect you. You are being slipped rat poison 
in some churches. Well, Brother James, what are you saying? I, I'm trying to tell you that the church house can be a great place of help if the gospel is being preached. But I'm also trying to tell you the church place can be a dangerous place for some people if that preacher is not preaching the Word of God, if he's not preaching the gospel. You say, well, Brother James, how do I know that the one I'm listening to, how do I know that he's right in what he's saying? If he is telling you that Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross is the answer to the ills of mankind. He's preaching the gospel. Bottom line. Now, I'm not saying he'll get up there and preach that every Sunday, but in some way, what he's preaching is going to lead back to the finished work of Christ. If it wasn't for what Jesus did for us at Calvary, we'd have nothing. So every doctrine, everything goes back to that one foundation of Christ and his finished work. All right, let's look at 18. Romans 10, verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went unto all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Paul is telling us that every Jew in the Roman Empire at that time had heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they had made a decision one way or the other, either to accept him or to reject him. Sadly, most rejected him. Verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. 1,600 years before Paul wrote these words, Moses prophesied this statement found in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 21. It plainly tells us that the Jews would reject the gospel and that the Gentiles would accept it. Why didn't the Jews see this? Why didn't the Jews understand this well I think they like many in Christianity today simply ignored it I think they only promoted certain portions of the word of God they pulled out what fit their particular doctrine and their particular denomination and their little agenda. And let me tell you, it's played out exactly as the Holy Spirit said it would be. The Jews are now angry and jealous at the Gentiles who have accepted Christ. And let me point out something else to you too. Jealousy and anger are two characteristics of any people any denomination or organization that has rejected a part or all of the Word of God. Let me say that again. Jealousy and anger are two characteristics of any people, denomination or organization that has rejected a part or all 
of the Word of God. All right, let's look at verse 20. Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Again, we have another prophecy given in the book of Isaiah. This time it's found in Isaiah 65, verses 1 and 2. And uh, they're basically saying the same thing that Moses said. Uh, the Gentiles were not seeking after God, or they, were, they weren't even asking about God. But when the gospel was preached to them, when it was presented, the Holy Spirit began to convict the Gentiles, and he moved upon their heart, and they accepted Christ as their Savior, which formed the church. Verse 21, and we'll close it out. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. God worked with the Jews for 1,600 years. His hands were outstretched in love, pleading for these people to come to him. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 27, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen doth gather her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. God's hand today is still outstretched toward the Jewish people. Although they crucified the Lord of glory, God has promised to accept them if they would Turn to him. But there are disobedient and gainsaying people, God said. And let me say this God's hand is outstretched to all people everywhere. He pleads with them, giving them ample of opportunity to accept him. God gives people opportunity after opportunity, even when he knows that their final decision will be to reject him. God still gives them another chance. Our minds can't grasp that, can't understand that. But at the great white throne judgment... No one will be able to stand and say, I didn't have a chance. But we as a church, we must do our part. And God has given us a part to do. God help us to do it. program today has been a blessing to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with others this podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab all donations are safe and secure through paypal we look forward to hearing from you